Welcome to Sacred by Design, a podcast by women for women. Together, we'll explore issues like betrayal trauma, sexual brokenness, and more. It's time to connect your struggle to your story to God. Let's get started. Story work is so valuable. Mm -hmm. Understanding how you operate can really come from understanding your story. So on this episode of Sacred by Design, we are asking, what is your story? Yeah. We'll explore the power of owning our stories. And for some of you, this may be very new. Um, for us, it is not. We both love stories and, and love the power of stories. Um, but Kit, why does it matter to our sacred design for us to own our story? Yeah. Going through life, being disconnected from our stories is a very different experience than if you connect. So it's interesting. A lot of times um, when I meet with a new client, I say, I'd love to hear your story. And they go, what do you mean? What do you mean? I don't have a story. Mm -hmm. But we have a story. We just don't know what it is. And actually, we're attached to a story. Even if we're not aware of it, we're attached to our story. And so, you know, there are certain things that happen to us, factual things, but what's important is how we um, interpret that. Well, how we interpret what has happened to us and how we carry that with us. And so both of these things are important to explore, especially, especially when we realize that we are living a life that could be based on what's not true. Oh. Right? Something happens, we interpret it, we determine something is true and it's actually not true, and it influences our life and creates a lot of anxiety. And so knowing our story, exploring our story helps alleviate some of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Because that really influences our patterns and behaviors, Absolutely. our likes and interests. Absolutely. But how do we even get in touch with our stories? Well, one thing I want to say for sure is there's not one right way to do this. Okay. Like, I don't want people to be like, oh, what's the formula? Let me write it down. That's great. Um, and it was, it's so interesting because just the other day I was talking to a client that I've worked with for years. Um, and I know her story, and we've been working together on it for a long time. But there were, but it, primarily in the beginning, we were dealing with crisis, crisis parts of her story. Mm -hmm. But there were parts of her story that she was afraid to go into or that she wasn't even aware of. But she was becoming aware of it during our time together. And so just the other day, we began to process some of those things. And it was challenging. I, I knew it was. You know, I had, I had to literally, like, you know, patiently encourage her and walk her through it. But some of what came to light was so powerful. And she has some really difficult memories um, from her family of origin and lots and lots of shame. Lots and lots of shame. But when she started to get some insight and invite God into it and trust Him, she tasted freedom for mm. the first time about mm. some of these things. And so, you know, today it's going to be great to talk about how someone can do this on their own okay. and how you can also do it with a spiritual co coach, with a friend, with a mentor. But, you know, it's exciting for me to think about all the ways that we um, don't know how to do that and how we can learn to do that. Okay, so what are the ways? How do we do this? Yeah. The very first time I started to get in touch with my story, I just sat down and began to write out what seemed kind of logical. Mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe I even read this somewhere. Um, you know, significant seasons of my life, zero to five, okay. six to 10, 10 to 14, you know, like those four to five year spans. And then after I wrote it out, 
I tried to remember some of those those time frames. I tried to remember key events, memories, people, and I just started to write it down. And then I told a couple of very dear friends. And we all, we were doing it together. There was a small group of us that decided to do this together. And then later in life, I began working with the spiritual director and really kind of getting more deeply in touch with some of the powerful memories that were coming up. Um, and, you know, when we do spiritual coaching, that's one of the first things we always say, you know, is tell us your story because it's such a beautiful way like when I was telling my story to a spiritual coach or director, I felt, you know, and she was a very good listener. I felt so affirmed, so listened to. It made it what was scary less scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're always inviting clients to tell us that. And we listen to them and also to what God's doing in their life and is doing in their life currently around their story. So we can reflect back some of that to them mm-hmm. and they can be like, how you know helping them put some of the pieces of the puzzle together mm. if i can put a big word in here cuz we're talking about something more um not simple but more basic is the idea of story neuroplasticity yes when you, when you talk about writing or journaling and actually going through and writing out mm-hmm. with words the things that you remember the key events the emotions tied to it if your your story is stuck in your brain and it's hard the the practice of journaling and using your words creates neuroplasticity. It just mm-hmm. smooths out, makes it a little bit more flexible. And things that maybe you didn't feel like seeing or remembering all of a sudden become more accessible. It's a beautiful thing that God created neuroplasticity, isn't I, it? Yes. <laughs> like, what a thing. Thank you, God. Right, yes. right. But then how, what does it look like to own parts yeah. of your story once mm-hmm. you are able to access those parts? Yeah. It's been so important in my life to do that. And Brene Brown has, um, says something really profound. She says, one of the bravest things we can do is tell our stories, own our stories, and love ourselves through it. Right? Self-compassion. We talk a lot about that. Um, so I didn't realize how much I was living out of anxiety and shame early in my 20s by wanting to be successful in my business that I owned at the time. I didn't know how driven I was, um, but I was. And I wasn't making room for God in my life. And when difficult things started to happen, I began to realize, oh, I think I need God. And then I started to invite him into my story and he let me see that I was pushing down so much of that expectation to succeed, of that you're only, you, you're only worth something if you achieve. And interestingly, as a new Christian, I wanted to pre- present a certain image. And my past, I was ashamed of my past. Mm. I, and you know, we can talk a little bit more about that, but I did a lot of things as a young person that I was embarrassed about, especially as a new Christian. And so I just shoved that all down, mm. called it bad, and presented this new image of I'm successful, I'm fine, everything's good. And um, that didn't work really well, pretending. <laughs> and it, it, sounds like really we, well. it sounds like we can do a lot of pretending. I so. certainly have. Mm-hmm. I certainly have. Um if we don't like what we think is true about us, you know, all that shame, um, then we'll create a new image. That's that false self, you know, and we all do it, but we're just not even aware of it. We don't know there's a true self that we are avoiding and that there's this false self that we've created and we're presenting to the world. Um, but emotionally, 
um, spiritually, it's really unhealthy for us to be living disconnected. I mean, obviously, right? To be disconnected from what's true mm-hmm. and and real about our past and our present and living out what's false. Mm-hmm. So getting in touch with all of this is so important. Um, and God created us to live out of that true self. So we're not aware that we're living out of this false narrative and, and believing things that aren't true. So it's just really important to get in touch with that false narrative. So let's talk a little bit more about a false narrative. Can yeah. you explain what a false narrative is and yeah. what kind of things might we believe that are not true? Yeah. So a false narrative is those things that we begin to believe about our experience that aren't true. For example, maybe one of our parents, you know, a key caregiver, was distant from us. That happens. We conclude we're not lovable. They're distant from us because we're lovable. Therefore, we have to earn our love. Well, you know, that becomes something we live out of. And that's a very powerful thing. Mm. Very, it, like, like you said earlier, it affects so many things. What we, what we think, what we do, how we live. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm unworthy of love, so I have to earn it every step of the way. Mm. And this kind of belief can affect so many parts of our life, including our sexual lives. And that was certainly something that happened to me. You know, I felt like I needed to earn a man's love by giving him my body. That created all kinds of problems. Hmm. Yeah, all kinds of problems. Yeah. That lasted for a long time until I got in touch with what was really going on. I didn't know. I really didn't know the complexity of what was going on internally with me, I just felt kind of on automatic pilot. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Can I ask what was it that prompted you to even start visiting your own story? Yes. I um, was, I don't know why, I, I, I think it was God knocking on my door saying, how you're living isn't working. You know, I was really off the rails in terms of um, giving myself to men and and thinking that that was, you know, if I could just find a man, if I could just, you know, that would complete me. And and somehow God was just becoming, bringing me to an awareness that that's not, that's not good for you. And you know, I think it was kind of mystical, you know, that how mm-hmm. God can sometimes, you know, I knew him as a younger person and then I kind of forgot about him, but he didn't forget about me. And so he began to bring some of these things mm-hmm. to my mind. Mm-hmm. That's great. I pray that whoever's listening can feel a prompting on their heart yeah. to consider wait, my, what might be pretending. Or and, what might- yeah, and maybe they can even say, Lord, is there something I'm not aware of? Mm-hmm. Could you help me see it? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty powerful prayer. You know, show me. Let me see mm-hmm. what's going on. And we're, we'll get, we can even pray about that at the end, you know. Oh, that'd be great. I know for myself, there's sometimes even just taking a line from your story, not that you're taking the whole thing at yeah. once, but I um, was mute as a little girl wow. for about 18 months. I wow. didn't speak a word. How old were you? Um, three to just about five. Wow. And the story was, the story was that I um, couldn't decide on a language. I grew up in a multilingual home. Mm. And so I was confused. And so, mm-hmm. and, and so that kind of just was the story. And we just kind of laughed it off and laughed it off. Um, 
And then to do story work revealed um, something that happened when I was little that took my voice away. And that I didn't feel safe to use my voice. And just like you're saying that God doesn't forget about us and He pursues us, um, the fact that I'm sitting here talking with a microphone in front of my face Mm. to use my voice to invite others Mm. to look at their story Mm. and consider um, what's true Mm -hmm. and consider the freedom in that invitation of what is true. Um, It takes a lot of courage. It sure does. (laughs) And it takes a lot of patience. And it's actually one of the beautiful things that happens. Mm -hmm. Those places that God reveals to us become strengths. Like just like you're saying... You know, he helped you put in those pieces of what happened to you. And then when you receive healing from him, somehow there is this um, kind of natural spiritual desire to pay it forward. Yes. Yeah. So that's so beautiful. What wounded us and hurt us, when God gets involved and, Mm -hmm. and begins to heal us, he can actually not only, you know, heal it, but make it a strength that we can pay forward and impart to others. So that's such a beautiful thing he does. It is. <laughs> I love that Jesus taught with story. Yeah. I love that um, our lives are these stories and that when we try to invite him in sincerely and intentionally, um, it just gives a real purpose shift. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to how you're looking at your life and to how you're moving in your life. Absolutely. It's really powerful. Yeah, yeah. I just have to like breathe for a moment. <laughs> mm. It's I, oh, I just really want women to hear how valuable their voice is and to really understand that their story um, holds so much power and purpose. Right. That's it that's why we're here. This, it matters. It does. If you have something we should be talking about, let us know. Send us an email to podcast at regenerationministries.org. In the meantime, please be sure to review, rate, subscribe, and share. Back to the show. You know, one of the most beautiful things that um, can come up so often in spiritual coaching is there's never been anyone like you ever before in the world, and there never will be again. Like, and, and you are created for this time in this place for a purpose. Mm. And there's and it's completely unique and it's given to you by God. And so that's, you know, that's so affirming and <laughs> yes. exciting to think, you know, like because it's really true of every single person. And we think we have to have some grand story, we have to have some grand accomplishment, but it's absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. It's the simple things that but if we really um, get in touch with it, it's it just changes how we see ourselves mm-hmm. and other people and how we live every day. It's so good. Yeah. So get out your paper and your pencil. <laughs> Please come in and use one other thing. Brene had mentioned. Um, I'm going to ruin his name. Is it Ludwig Wittgenstein? Wittgenstein, mm. and he said the limit of our words is means the limit of our worlds. Ah. And so I think that when when you consider spiritual co- coaching, when you consider journaling, when you consider having a conversation with a friend. Um, and your words feel very limited, what a gift to be able to sit with somebody who's, who might have another word to offer you to yeah. add to your story or to, to build on it or to unpack it a little bit more. And, and to ask good questions. Mm-hmm. 
questions that give you freedom to answer with more than just yes or no and and encourage you to be curious and to feel safe being curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. The other thing Jesus did aside from stories is ask questions. Yeah. He has a lot of questions. He, he definitely did. And he still is. He still is. Mm-hmm. Story work is good. And, you know, we want to give ourselves time. Like, you know, and some people don't feel comfortable journaling. And so don't, you know, you don't have to call it journaling. You can just sit down and write down some numbers, you know, like, you know, zero to five and then be like, huh, what did I know? You know, it doesn't have to have to be like, oh, I have to enter into this practice of journaling. Give yourself time. Do it how you want to do it. Mm. I wonder what are some other ways. Hmm. Well, I like sometimes to talk into my phone and record things rather oh. than write. So you can do that easily in your note app. You know, you can use a microphone and you can just talk. Hmm. So I really if you like, like to talk and you don't like to write, you yeah. could do that. Yeah. But the words are important. Yeah. Because then you begin to hear, if you do it that way, which I really love, you hear what you're telling yourself or you mm. hear what you've been told. Mm-hmm. And then you can start, if you can... You know, start offering yourself those questions with mm-hmm. kindness mm-hmm. and with curious patience. Yeah, <laughs> if that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, where do we go from here? Where? How do we? What's the next step for our listeners? Well, one thing that really, really was powerful for me was writing a letter to my younger self. Mm. Um. And one of the things that we do too in um, in coaching as a, as a practice, you know, is we do some safe place prayer, where we allow people to go to a safe, beautiful place, or you know, just a place that they would describe as safe, and then meet with God, meet with Jesus, and we have this uh, practice where we invite their younger self in, and it's always very interesting, and to get to know that younger self, to have compassion and understanding. So I had, you know, I started to write that letter. I had thrown that dysfunctional person of my teens and 20s to the curb. Like, I'm done with her Mm. and created this new image. You know, this person that had it together and um, hadn't been through pain. And um, so, you know, if you want me to, I could could read that letter. You You can? I could read that letter. I, okay. Yes. Okay. Let me, let me... And then, you know, maybe after I read it, it you know, I, I hope that it touches people. I hope that it maybe even stirs something up. But we don't want to leave you there. Mm-hmm. So we could we could pray together. I could mm-hmm. maybe lead us in a time of how to pray um, over some of the things that are coming up. So here's what I wrote. Sweet girl, you were so scared, never knowing what might happen next. The one early morning, your dad came home, something was wrong, your mom was troubled, and off you went again, speeding dangerously down your sleepy small town street. You just stood there staring, feeling lonely, frightened, worried. Whenever he's around, you feel unsafe. And so it began. You would ask yourself, how do I fix things, make it better, help my nervous mother, escape the worry? And then came the longing. You wondered, does no one see you? Will anyone take care of you? Early on, it was mischief that got you to get attention, tapping on the aquarium until it broke, putting butter in your hair, stealing beer and cigarettes at eight 
to take to your playhouse, surely that will get a rise out of someone, or maybe it will bring something to what you're looking for. Hours at the piano, a lost 12-year-old singing songs of loneliness and need. When you walk through the storm, keep your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. And boys, they seem to see you and you devoured their attention. Soon, you're giving parts of yourself away in hopes they will, f- they will find a reason to stay, to never leave you. And that first boyfriend, and the first breakup, and you lose your mind. You throw things and you scream and cry. For years, you continued to look for that one that will fill the hole inside of you and never leave you. It cost you so much and you didn't even know it. Oh, dear one, you did the best you could with your young, hurting, wounded heart. Thank you. So I came to care about her. Mm, I was just going to say, you didn't kick her to the curb. You sat her across from you and talked to her. Yeah. Lovingly. Yeah. Yeah, I came to really care about her. And as I cared about her, I cared about myself Mm. now. You know, it's an interesting thing how that happens. Because, of course, there's that, that little girl still very much inside of me, you know? So when you love, when you get in touch with loving that younger self, you, you have a current, present love for yourself, too. Mm. I would love it if we could end with yeah. a little reflection prayer time. Yeah. Can you lead us, Kit? Yeah. So during this time, we'll really try to dedicate our minds and our thoughts to God. And, you know, the truth is... What we fill our minds with, this is such a principle that's so powerful, creates our thoughts. Our thoughts create our feelings, and our feelings determine our behavior. So by asking God what is, asking Him what's true is so important. Mm -hmm. And to ask Him, how should I think about this? What's the truth? So how do we allow God to, you know, weave this truth into our stories? Well, what we're going to do is just begin by kind of just taking some deep breaths. I I actually think it's really important too, if you can, if you're listening and you can do this, to put your feet firmly on the ground, you know, get a sense of grounding, get comfortable, um, you know, sit, sit up, but not rigidly, but just in a posture to receive and then take a couple of deep breaths and ask him, ask God to be with you as you reflect on things that you believe about your story. What are some things that you might believe that are not true about yourself? Think back on being a little child. Things that happened that you might have adopted a belief about. You might even believe you have a bad story or no story. You might believe that you're not acceptable if you don't always get things right. You don't please people all the time. So just ask God, what am I believing? And ask him, God, what is true? You might hear things like, God is good. I am loved by God. He cares about me and my story. He is with me always. He'll never leave me no matter what I've done or will do. He's for me and wants to help me and take care of me. So listen for another minute. Pay attention to what comes up. And take time. 
to write down a couple of things that God wants you to know are true. And then take them with you into your day. Lord, help us to embrace this truth today, that you are with us, you are for us, and you love us without fail. Amen. Amen. Yes. So good. So, you know, um, we did that relatively quickly, um, but maybe I would just encourage listeners to um, sit with it a while, maybe even now and when we end our podcast, that they could sit for a minute and continue to ask those questions and continue to just write some thoughts down mm-hmm. and do it periodically. You know, invite God into that, into your story and into this periodically and write down what you, what you, you know, learn. Yeah. I love it because he's more than just an observer. Mm-hmm. And he's a lot more, he's, he's not distant. He's an active participant, author, and corrector and reformer and healer of our stories and wants to be part of it. And, you know, we hear this word all the time, but I don't know that we really take this in, you know, the fact that he's a redeemer. Like, he's a restorer. He knows that there's brokenness. And he knows that we need redemption. And that's what he wants to do is take all those things Mm -hmm. and redeem them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, use them in the world for our sake for the sake of others, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful, very rich kind of journey to be on for our whole life. What a privilege. Mm-hmm. And these microphones in front of our two faces with our hearts behind them and our one God guiding our stories is testament to the redemptive kind of God that He is. Yeah, that's right. Yes, thank you, Kit. Mm-hmm. This has been awesome. I loved it too. Thanks. That's a wrap time to stretch out your hands, take a deep breath, and actually release it this time. If we've touched on something that you want to go deeper with, check out our coaching page to set up an appointment with one of us. Head to our website at regenerationministries.org.